Eliza, and this is the Naked Call. Hi, guys. Welcome to yet another episode. Um, the Naked Call is a podcast about building wealth in a fun, authentic way to you. And we're talking to someone who's doing just that, Sammy B, the co-founder of Prio Golf. It's a women's golfwear company that is committed to creating pieces that are functional, fashionable, and modern. They're modern, modern everyday <laughs> staples that you can incorporate not only in your golf wardrobe, but they go from the course to the grocery store to the office to the bar. Love that. Uh, also, this episode is for you if you are someone that is interested in starting a clothing line or a sports apparel company or just a business. Um, they have, she has some really inspiring nuggets and fundraising strategies to boot. She also dives into some manufacturing um, strategies and challenges she had to overcome and social media and all the different aspects that go into running a small business. Thanks for listening, you guys. We love you. Get naked. Woohoo! Woo! Sammy Berger, thank you for coming to the Naked Call. Sammy is the co-founder of Prio, a modern, finally, women's golf clothing brand that is shaking it up. Thank you for coming, Sammy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, how's your day going so far? <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's a whirlwind of a day, I tell you what. But we've made it. It's almost the weekend. We got plans. We're grinding. Things are good. I love that. So we uh, we have this fun little thing that we like to do with all of our guests, um, and it's true to the name of our podcast, The Naked Call. We like to do a little skinny dipping. Um, so this is how this goes. We're going to ask you – just some like rapid fire, get to know you questions. And the rules of the game are that you you can't think too much about the answer. You have to just go with whatever comes to your mind first. Okay, this is good. So um, we're going to let them rip. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, what's your guiltiest pleasure? Chocolate? Very basic answer. I know. I uh, know. Dark or milk or white? Dark, oh, like ninety. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this, does anyone like white chocolate? <laughs> white chocolate Yeah, dark okay. chocolate. Ninety percent dark chocolate. The, yeah, the bitter, real bitter. Okay, agreed. Like no bullshit, just like cacao. No bullshit. I'm not messing around. <laughs> I just want off the plant. I'll ride off the plant. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's very pure. Okay. Pure and dark. What's your handicap? <sighs> like 18, 19? We'll take it. That's good. Like, I don't is even, that even good? Like, I, I'm, I don't, I'll pretend I, don't I really to. know what it means. And again, you know, I run a women's golf clothing company and it's still a wild mystery at times. It's too complex. They make it too hard. Um, This is kind of an offshoot question to that. How do you play it off when you swing and miss? Ooh, jokes. Got a joke. Mm. Oh, you see mm -hmm. that? Kick it, mm -hmm. you know, pick it up and throw it, whatever you can do. Okay. Oh, I just hit it again. I usually laugh at yourself. No, oh, fake, yeah. no fake injuries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> so Annie tells me when she, uh, when she swings and misses, she pretends she, her ankle sprained and falls oh over. Oh, God. Yeah, I like to really ham it up. 
Um, really leaning in. I love mm-hmm. that. I need to yeah. start working about that. Mm-hmm. The other option I had was just to strike, like, just snap your club. You know, oh, blame the club. Really good. When yeah. in doubt, blame wow. the club. Have you ever snapped a club? I've not, but I've w- witnessed plenty of people snapping clubs. My family's got a good temper on the golf course. It's quite fun and entertaining. Ooh, I want to. I want to dig into family golfing in a second. Um, so what is your most proud naked feature on yourself? Like real naked feature, like body I mean, feature. it could it could be, it doesn't have to be like the hidden feature. It could be like your clavicle, you know? Uh, I was wondering if we're going like real body part. I'm super proud of my skinny ankles. I love my ankles. Uh, yeah. You have great ankles. I sprained one a few years back and I was devastated. We still joke mm-hmm. that I have a fat ankle, but it, it's, you know, I feel real good about my ankles. Yeah. Oh, that is a good one. The skinny ankle. Yeah. yeah I'll have, you'll, you have boots on today, but you'll have to show we'll us. We'll have to take a look. Yeah. I'll give you a peek show. Yeah. Naughty. That'll <laughs> yeah, naughty. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> um, what does wealth mean to you? That is a very good question. Starting off wealth financially, which is kind of always top of mind. I think it's just feeling secure. I think initially, and I know you guys probably feel the same, very motivated. So you always want the next tier. You always want more wealth financially. You always want to feel comfort. There's probably no safety net of a, of a level that I'll hit. I'll be like, yes, this is enough. But feeling comfortable, not worrying about a ton of expense, expenses, the day-to-day life, you can live how you want, you can travel, you can have all the things in life you want um, from a financial perspective. Um, I would say, apart from that, I mean, it's all about the values and what you value most. And for me, that's that's family, that's friends, that's dogs. Add it to the list. Love it. I've always wanted to be have a dog. Um, just things that make you, that fill your cup, that make you feel like a happy individual. And that's, that's a lot of that. Do you feel like you're like, do you feel wealthy right now? I feel pretty darn good. I know I'm like in the middle of a grind and I can sense that. And I feel like I'm almost too aware to know kind of the stage of life I'm in, which is I'm in the middle of it. I'm, you know, starting Prio. I'm in a new job that I started a little over a year ago for the day job. I'm getting married next year. You know, we're, we're in the thick of it. And I know that, but I, I love it. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm trying not to like stay content in it, but I'm pretty darn pumped. It's pretty cool. So how much of your time is spent on Prio and how much of your time is spent doing other things? Great question. So day job, normal, you know, you can have eight hour, you can have 12 hour days, just depends. For Priya, we allocate usually one or two nights during the week and then usually one day on the weekend. And it's been a a slow burn in the setup before we launched in June. And then now we've been able to kind of take it and run with it. And it sort of depends on our schedule. But, you know, we, Tara and myself, we both are in volleyball leagues. We both have family life. You know, we do allocate time for for socializing too. And we're best friends first and foremost. So yeah, balancing that, that work in Prio too. So I read your, we read your website and it talked a little bit about kind of your origin story. Um, but can you, can you just sort of talk about like where, where Prio started, what it is, um, and kind of where you're going? Yeah. So we started Prio, 
during 2020, classic pandemic story, golf was one of the few things that you could do. It was outdoors. It never shut down. It almost made it easier because you couldn't go to the driving range. You just had to kind of launch it into the first tee, which for me, I loved. I was like, I don't need all that time warming up. Let's just do it. We'll get there. And Tara, myself, and then our significant others, we would do like nine and dine after work. And it came a point that we were golfing twice a week for a few months. And we just get out there and walk nine holes after dinner. And it's a good stress reliever. And we were walking and then we looked at each other and we're like, where the hell are you buying your, your golf clothes? Like, where are you buying yours? Cause I'm still wearing t-shirts from middle school. Like that's, that's where I was at. And Tara was, you know, I bought an, a men's extra, extra small the other day because it was a cute fit or it could fit me. And it kind of honestly started on the golf course, which love it. Love that it's on brand. And then we went home and Tara, the next thing I had in my inbox was Tara sent me something that's like the idea that will make this, that makes Sammy and Tara millionaires, you know, kind of joking of, of just a brainstorm sesh on what it could look like, or really going down this rabbit hole of what if we started a women's golf clothing company? Like what's the market? What's it look like? We both have business backgrounds, you know, we're throwing SWOT analyses out there and just kind of figuring out what that could be. And then it slowly started to take shape and we started brainstorming names and we started brainstorming what the, the brand media kit would feel like and look like and what we wanted in our clothing. We have sketches in like a little notebook. on I think this would look cute. And, oh, I have this. And only if this could have this kind of top and if this bottom could really get shaped like this and started piecing it together. Um, and from that it slowly started to form and we, the first, the next thing we did was sign a partnership agreement, and that's where we we started and launched it off. That's so great! I love the name and the story behind the name. Could you tell us that story? Yeah. So we were brainstorming names, and it was ugly for a while because we were trying to think of fun golf puns, like you know, oh. something quick and witty. They're not good ones. Oh. Everything's. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can you give us a little taste of the worst of the worst? Oh, man. It was like we went down the road of like birdie slut. Um, just in, like just tap it in. Like just really weird ones. And we're like, these are not clever. They're not funny. Like put a pin in it. Like not. They just weren't great. They weren't great. A lot of other ones have been done. Existing brands have attempted it and it just feels very outdated and very, no, not not for us. And so, but we still wanted it to mean something. So we were looking up historical golfers, kind of going through the history of golf. And we stumbled upon, of course, Gloria Minoprio. And she was a golfer in the 1930s. And she got sort of ridiculed because she was the first woman on the LGU to wear pants or trousers on the tour. And the quotes about her are so good. They're like, she rolled in dressed as a stage demon. Like they were not about it for her showing her ankle. And it's a, definitely a nod to her and kind of pioneering women's fashion. And on the flip side, she was a phenomenal golfer. The articles, and there's very limited about her online, but she would win tournaments with just a two iron, which in the golf realm, that's an impossible club to hit. It's super difficult. And that would be the only thing she'd have. So her caddy would literally be carrying her two iron and her jacket and like a sweater to walk around. No putter? How do you have no putter? I mean, a two iron seems like a putter at that point. You know, it's just a flat, flat club. I love that. Your favorite body parts, your ankles. 
Maybe that you connect I mean, with her on a different level. Really deep subliminal <laughs> level. We are yeah. so far connected. It was couldn't have been a better fit. <laughs> yeah. So for sure, nod to her and like everything she did in pioneering women's fashion, also being a baller athlete, all of that is exactly what we we really resonated with us from a brand side. So where did you feel like women's golf clothing was missing the mark? There's a lot. And we did a lot of research. We tried to go into different golf stores to see what's going on, looking online. And, you know, of course you find like a skirt at Nike, you know, or, or a big one, you know, a good shorts at Callaway, whatever it is, there might be one or two things that you can find, but for the majority of things, they're too long or they're way too short for tennis. If you go to some of the big brands, you see for tennis skirts, the ball pockets are upside down to hold a tennis ball. You can't hold a golf ball in there. You know, there's nothing that's practical for golf. The patterns brutal world. It was definitely more designed for, you know, some of the times the retirees, the, the ones that who have more time golfing, potentially just kind of that older market. And, you know, we search, I'm all about a good pattern, but some of these were, you know, really paisley or birds of paradise puke down your skirt, or you look like a purple Easter egg. And, you know, I see it in other industries too. You know, I'm trying to buy running shoes and they're all neon colors. Mm. I, I don't want yeah, I see you nodding. I was like, yeah, I don't. Bought, I just, well, she just bought some neon hokas. I did. I, I embraced. Yeah. I did. I bought neon orange running shoes. But I, but I that's agree with our you. aesthetic. Like our aesthetic yeah. is neon. Yeah, and very and love, bright. And it, you can. Yeah, and it's intentional and purposeful. But, but when it, yeah. you know, and that's your only option, you're like, oh man, what do I, I wish there was something else? I just wanted some plain. You know, I just need a staple. I need a good staple I can wear for everything. And that was so hard to find. So is, is your aesthetic staples or are you looking to kind of like branch out and, and do, do something crazy? Do a little mix of both. I think our staples, we actually added, we, our first thing we wanted was have color and just solid color. You know, we love, we love a good mustard moment. You know, we love a good bright color. We love a good olive, you know, getting those colors. And we were on the same page on exactly the colors we wanted. We wanted a fun blue a black, that's the staple. So definitely getting the staple in there because we don't have a staple piece, let alone a mix and match piece, you know? And then the the colors bring in the fun element really to be able to style it up, style it down. I know I'm wearing our, our tank top now with a pair of jeans and you can wear our, our skirt with a crop top or throw a jean jacket on it and put a little wedge. You know, there's so many different options and that's what we we're really trying to trying to go for. Something that you can style really well you can mix and match you can do it just combo together on the golf course but it doesn't have to just be that i love the top it looks great on you the fit is great my problem (laughs) it's so nice it looks nice my problem with golf tops i don't know i have really big boobs and it gapes right here Mm -hmm. i don't know if you put any thought into that in the design like the actual design process what does that look like and yeah, that's, that was a crazy because, you know, we can sketch on a napkin all day long and then it's realistically, what do we do from there? And so we ended up collaborating and we networked in the Denver area and we got hooked up with this girl who was in New York at the time. Now she's in Miami and she helped us really design and think through measurements. And we knew we wanted it to fit all body shapes, all body types. How are we doing that? 
clearly there's issues if some of the big brands can't do it, who have endless resources to be able to do it. How close can we get? So yeah, I mean, exactly that. We had an issue with, especially golf, the armholes were too small. So you'd be chafing your arms. They'd be too long thinking I needed it down to my knees to tuck it in. I'm like, no, I just need a good length. I want to tuck it or untuck. You know, I want flexibility in that. So definitely a lot of our design was trying to think of practical, functional use and fit as well. So I have kind of more of a a money-related question. What is the financial investment in terms of starting a, a, a clothing line or, you know, a women's sportswear line um, for just, obviously we like to appeal to entrepreneurs and people are thinking about starting a side hustle that will become their number one day job. But yeah, what is the, what has that been like in terms of just the financial investment? Yeah. And honestly, that's been the craziest learning curve to date of learning how it works, what the industry is, what the standards of financial investment might be for it. Um, It depends also what you're looking for, what you're trying to make, if it's got pockets or not. You know, Tara and I were really excited to potentially manufacture and do everything in the US. And if it had pockets, they're like, that's going to be too expensive. You can't make that here. So then we're navigating, okay, that means we're going international. Where do we look? What markets are good? What would be a good fit? Figuring out manufacturers. But as far as like specific financial and to get started, we kind of went a little gritty with it. You know, the, you know, in high school when you're doing, you know, a volleyball fundraiser or something and you're selling cookie dough to your neighbors, we did a campaign and it called butter braids, which is like the equivalent out here in Colorado. We sold cinnamon rolls and cookies and it raised enough money. Oh yeah. We were in it. We're like, let's just sell it to people we know. And we were able to network and, they asked, oh, what's this for? And we got to pitch them the idea of Prio. And we got to talk shop. And we got to get introduced to other women who golf in the Denver area. And all through cinnamon rolls and cookies are how we found the connection who introduced us to our manufacturer and who introduced us to our design gal. And that was all through it. So we and also funded our first collection of hats and visors, actually. So got real gritty with it. Wow. So did all of your funding, your initial funding come from fundraising or was it? Yeah, we did that for just the initial round of hats. And of course, anything we make, we're reinvesting into the company because that's the initial step. You know, I'm not, none of us are trying to take a paycheck. This is a fun side hustle. This is a fun thing we can be our creative selves with. Um, And then Tara and myself are bootstrapping as long as we can. You know, we want to be strategic if we do open up the doors for any sort of investment, how we need to figuring out how we need to structure ourselves and then holding off as long as we can to make sure we can do it ourselves. You know, we pay as a small business, you pay a little bit of an idiot tax. You know, you might pay hundred extra bucks for, for shipping. Cause you didn't <laughs> totally. know that. Love that. <laughs> We've paid the idiot tax. Uh-huh. The make and call has paid the idiot tax. <laughs> the unmentionable. <laughs> Can't even talk about it. Um, you know, I was looking at your, I love your Instagram. I love Thank all the you. content you guys make. It looks really cool. We might need your help. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, we I, connected an agency very recently and they've saved our lives because we ourselves, we did it. We took it as long as we could for probably a year and a half. And when we we're gearing up for launch, both Tara and I, we know what we like. We know the aesthetics. We know what we think looks cool. But we're sometimes too type A, a little too tryhardy to actually make it feel cool and authentic. So we got connected with these gals in Denver who have been phenomenal to work with too. They've been and so they run your social media. 
Yeah. And they help put together a content for us. Yeah. You know, just helping with a local agency and they've been posting and scheduling and I'm happy to make an intro. They're phenomenal. Yeah. What, what are their names? It's necessity is the agency. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. And they're great. Um, but I saw, I was just creeping hard. I saw you follow Paige Renee. I do. What are that your feelings around her aesthetic? I love it for her. I'm all about it. I was like, you know what? Grow what you want to do, you know, figure out how you can get paid. She's also a hell of a golfer. So yeah, love it. I will say it cracks me up because every golf tournament we've ever sponsored, we get those guys that are like, Hey, you know who needs to wear this? Uh, have you heard of Paige Renee? Like, yeah, I fucking heard of Paige Renee. Like, come <laughs> on. I get it. I get it. Also, not her demographic. I don't look like that. Not everyone could look like that as much Most as I would like. <laughs> Most, Most people, people don't. Most people don't. And that's why she has like 3.5 million followers because she looks I like mean, that. she's phenomenal. And I was like, that's great. What Talk about growing a brand, you know, like just can do no wrong with that. And I, I don't care. I'm like, that's phenomenal. Do it. Go do I'm it. An, I'm an extremely sex positive person. I think it's great. And I love that she's making probably more than a living on her sexuality. I think it's awesome. I feel like the flip side of the coin, just to be devil's advocate, is she fetishize, fetishizes. How do I say that? Fetishizes. 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 That's a shy. women who play golf um and maybe that is a barrier to entry i know it's a boys club but having this oh women who play golf are just sexy like that makes me uncomfortable when i feel like i'm doing my golf thing and sticking my ass out and guys are looking at me like do you does a piece of you feel like she could be doing a disservice to women I think there'll be people like that in every sport. I think there's a bunch of women. There's also caddy companies out there that you get women in short, short skirts, but also Mm. they know their shit about golf. Like they know what's going on. And I think it's going to happen. It is an old boys club. That's what it is. And beer cart girls have been sexualized and, you know, harassed for years. And I think that's just a part of the culture. I don't think I get it. You know, I get the argument that it could become a bad thing for the sport. And even influencers we've talked to when they're growing their following, they're like, it's being a lot of guys who are following me. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I get it. Cause they're just trying to follow hot golfers online and I get it. But I, you know, I think when you're, when you're in the business of you're an influencer or you're trying to get sponsorships or you're making money and that's your approach, I think, I don't know. My opinion is go for it. You know, if we can support you where you can, if you want to, Hey, sell our Prio golf starter kits to all your men and have them all buy it for their mom for mother's day or their girlfriends. Like, yeah, let's do it. I don't care. I think it's great that she can do what she does and people growing that if you got big boobs, short skirts. You want to do it? Great. I would love and, it. Can Prio make a sexy line? Like a sexy <laughs> golf line? I'll wear it. Man, <laughs> we could. I just wish I personally don't feel comfortable in those at all. I can't do it. I'm, I mean, I got volleyball quads. I'm not trying to put short, short skirts on. That's why we did have two lengths, short and long in our skirt, like skirts for the, that reason. It's like the shorts cute, the shorts good. It still can work for most courses. I think it's becoming very casual of a sport. And that's why I even like all those, those gals kind of wearing shorter things on the course. Yeah. Casualizes down golf. You don't have to wear strictly knee length skirts. I think there's a balance in between the middle of there's girls who want to do it just like athleisure. You go hiking, you go do whatever.
but I want to still look cute, but I'm not this over sexy, sexualized hiker influencer gal. And I'm not a 90 year old woman. So, you know, finding that, finding that balance is, is tough. That's what we're, we're in the middle. We're in the middle of that for sure. It is cute. And it's a little bit sexy. I can see it. I can unzip the, uh, the <laughs> make it, make it a little sexy. Yeah. Do what you want. Girl. Yeah. So I'm not really a golfer. Full disclosure. I'm definitely very much a jock. Um, love other country club sports, including tennis. But I would say some of the, like, for me, the barrier to entry for golf has always been that there's just this like very stuffy etiquette. Um, it feels very elitist. And also to be fair, like my parents didn't pay, play golf, so I didn't grow up playing golf. So I think that's also a part of it. But do you feel like the, do you feel like the etiquette around golf is something that people need to learn to kind of be a legit golfer or do you feel like that's changing and it's less sort of rigid in terms of like the rules? It's changing, but just most of the things that really matter are just logistics. It's about like pace of play. You can't like hold up the pace because you have, it could be a five hour round. It's already a long game as is from an etiquette standpoint and humble plug. We did write a book about this, but it is, about like figuring out what you really need to know. Cause there are so many rules, so many rules. That's a huge barrier. People don't know how, and sort of what you're mentioning about your parents and family. It's also a weird sport. Cause usually you get into it because your dad golfs or your brother golfs or your boyfriend, husband, significant other golfs. It's more of a men get women into the sport at times. And if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't go with, go with somebody who knows it's very difficult to get into it. And I think those are huge barriers. And not to mention that clubs are expensive. Golf is expensive if you're not going to a public course. So there's definitely a lot of barriers. But from the etiquette standpoint, there are things you need to know. Like with any sport, it's like, yep, keep pace of play, one practice swing on a shot, and then hit the ball. When you're putting, don't step in somebody's line. For the most part, you can get away playing around without ever having golfed before. I forced a few people for a birthday party a few years back. I made all my friends come golf and we made, you know, like little rules on each hole and just trying to really casualize it down because it shouldn't matter as much. There are certain things you need to know. And that's just, I mean, also for safety, you're swinging clubs. You can get hit by balls. Don't go in front of somebody. Don't, you know, it's the normal safety rules and then little stuff. Just kind of don't be a dick on the golf course and you can get through just fine. I, I, that's totally how I like to play. I, I'm, very novice, but just being outside, riding around in a cart, drinking yeah. beer, like it's, it's beautiful just, out it's there. Beautiful. It's I got it. I'm more of a nine hole girl though, I have to say. Getting more women to golf is something I'm very passionate about as well. I love to golf. I have been golfing my whole life and I want women to be more comfortable to go out there. Um, yeah. are you guys doing events or anything to bring in women to get on the course? Yeah, we definitely want to do more events. We've sponsored a lot of tournaments. And then we've also talked with other local companies. The Local Drive is one that's downtown in Rhino in Denver. And they're a indoor golf simulator and bar. So it's kind of the next level beyond Top Golf is a simulator, but it's a bar. We work with them a lot. They've been helping us out quite a bit. And it's, you know, let's have a night. Let's have a bay at their place. Let's get all these women out here and maybe in a safer environment. And we could even bring gals in with lessons and help get, you know, really train women who want to go. And then it is in our agenda to eventually do some events here in local, whether it's nine holes, whether it's three holes, 
that's how I learned. I was like hitting from flags halfway up, like on, on only played three holes. And that's how you learn. And you get the etiquette as you play, then you move back, then you go to three holes and you go to six holes and you go to nine and you start working your way up. So we would love to do some of those events. I think that's for sure in our future. That sounds so fun. Let us know, please. Yeah. Yeah. We might I'm, I'm like a, a yeah, that would be a blast. I'm also like a solid 14 hole golfer. Usually around 13, 14, I'll lose focus and I'll come back for 17 and 18, but it's hard to get 18 in like mentally. And I've really forever. It's so hard. It's no. so hard. Yeah. I like endurance sports, but it's a different, it's, it's mental focus in a different way. I don't know. I play best if somebody gives me Adderall. Yeah. To be totally honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't have the focus. I don't have the attention yeah, span. A lot. No, I've like a solid beer to swing ratio. Like there's a point where I'm like, okay, two, I can have two beers in like the first nine or whatever. And then if I have one more sip of it, I'm like, there goes my golf game. Bye. She gone. Like, <laughs> this will not be a good round anymore. Like it's, you gotta do a little something to casual it down, hang out a little bit, but also then you still have to play. And if you're walking, you're walking like, was it like six miles in 18 oh, holes? I'm not walking. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm driving the car. <laughs> so we're both kind of in like male dominated spaces. Um, has that come up at all for you? Like, have you had any challenges I mean, I know that you're obviously targeting women and women's clothing, but do you feel that that's a, an issue? Mm, you know, I personally haven't had anything major or like a, a standout sexualized event. If so, maybe I'm numb to it. Who knows? Uh, could happen accidentally under the radar. Not really new. But I think for the most part, I, we've gotten a lot of support. When we do, the only one that I can think of is like when we do go out and sponsor tournaments, that's when everyone's like, oh, the patronage should wear this and this other person should wear it. Like, yeah, I get it. That's a one woman golfer you might know. That's not like everyone. And that's okay. I think that's the biggest thing we see for the most part. I think, and maybe it's just the people we surround ourselves with. Like everybody's been outrageously supportive, even men on the, for us on what we're doing. So luckily have had nothing like that, but I mean, you see it on, on, you know, very highly rated news platforms, aka TikTok, you see those stories all the time. You see everybody has those stories and especially beer cart girls, those poor souls. Like that's not a fun, I never did it personally, but they get, I mean, harassed guys hitting on them all the time, drunk dudes playing 18. Like that's not, that's not good. It's not, not a good thing for the sport for sure. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, we, I would say, obviously being female advisors in the wealth management arena, which is increasingly becoming, you know, more female, but even with our, some of our female clients, like we'll be making investment recommendations and they're like, well, my boyfriend who's like, you know, doesn't even work in finance says this. And, and it's interesting because it's like, I wonder if, if we were male advisors, like, would you, would you ask us this question? And, it's it's funny because that's obviously coming from women, but um, I didn't know. But it's that. good too. I mean, that's like the gap you guys fill is gap we fill. Like it's so specific towards women that it is like no, this is a whole reframing of how we're describing it, how we want to launch it, how we're communicating it. That it's resonating to a very specific audience. It's so niche, like especially from the golf side, women's golf clothing. Like it's so niche of a market that's going to respond to that. And like, they're looking for some certain verbiage and you're like, yeah, that's our voice. That's what we do. 
because it has been something else for so long and that doesn't resonate or I'm relying on my boyfriend's financial advice who, you know, has never made an investment in his life before, you know, like that sort of, you kind of get that weird educational gap. You're like, yeah, let's, let's give you maybe some, in a safer space, some knowledge about what it could look like and maybe make it a little bit more approachable from both sides. I think that makes a lot of sense. So where do you see, where do you see your company going? Like what's the ultimate goal? Oh man, such good questions. I ultimately see Prio growing in product line and also size line. You know, we do try to pride ourselves on being able to fit all body types. And right now our size line goes up till size 10 and that's not very big. That was sort of a aftermath of bootstrapping and having to cut costs and manufacturing. And you're like, nope, trimming it down. We need to trim down sample sizes. Um, but we want to expand product sizes and different product options and different mix and match pieces and really seeing where it grows from there. I think we all kind of know what we want to wear and what we want to mix and match and what would look cute in golf. And then also grabbing drinks after or hitting brunch with your friends on the weekend and that athleisure style or napping on my couch, you know, whatever it might be. I want to have some options for myself that are both cute, but also somewhat functional for golf. Um, growing from that. And then of course, you know, it's a startup, it's having fun. We're grinding. It's a side hustle. So if purchasing is in our future and getting bought by someone, you know, we're always open for options and having those kind of conversations as business owners do really kind of thinking through, you know, our exit strategy at the end of the day. Is it, is it an all complicated that your best friend is also your business partner? I was so nervous about that because at the very beginning, you know, I heard for years, you, know, you don't go in business with your family or your best friends, just because if things go awry, it's your family and best friend. And our, the first thing we did do was sign that partnership agreement. And in it, I think, I think the verbiage is more legal, but we even went the minute this stops becoming fun, we're done. You know, like, I think we try to have a, a rational head on our shoulders about it. And luckily I, I do think Tara is probably the only friend I could do this with. There'd be ones I'd be close with, but Tara and I have a good way just sort of being transparent, but also not offensive. Like we know where each other's heart's coming from. And we can also say transparently, that looks like shit. Let's not do that and not get offended. You know, there's those sort of moments that I think really work well. And thus far for what two years, it's been an absolute blast. And sometimes I'll have a pressure point of, God, I don't want to have to talk on this certain thing, or I don't want to have to go do this or do this network. And she's jazzed for it. And she'll be like, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, I actually really know how to do that, you know? And we get excited about different things. It's been such a good balance. And maybe we're still in the honeymoon phase. Who knows? But I genuinely believe it's it's going very well. It's been an absolute blast to work with her. I'm so happy for you guys. You're reminding me of us. <laughs> That's literally how I feel about us. But we don't have a partnership agreement. No, we don't. I like do not know how to use a computer. I do. Um, <laughs> yin and yang right there. Yeah. I, you know, I'm the idea girl. Well, you have great ideas too. We're both ideas. Yeah. Idea. yeah. Gals. Yeah, we're You're a copyright gal. gal. She's a yeah. very good writer. Yeah. Oh, so we cool. love the copyright on your website. Did you guys do that? We did. We would go in waves and it just sort of hit. And then we'd go on a, we'd, you know, start in a Google Doc and we'd share, we'd try to yin and yang back and forth, bounce ideas. And then we'd just go on a flow and then it happened. And then you're like, yeah, this sounds good. And that's what we did with our book. And we wrote a book. It's the Ladies Golf Bible. That's not a Bible, not just about golf. And that was so much fun. And we got to design it together. We sat and we're like, is this funny or like just funny for us? We can't tell. And we'll just go back and forth and try to figure out content and copy and what it should look like. 
what was that process like? Like, how long did that take you to write a book? I mean, you obviously self-published, but like... And you would think so much longer. Like, it was very... Because it was also like an instructional book. So it was exactly that. We're teaching mm-hmm. the, the etiquette and what you really need to know and what you shouldn't. And like things that make us nervous. It's just like ordering a pizza, calling the dentist, booking a tea time, all those things. Anxiety shoots up. I don't know why. I am who I am. What do I need to know? How do I do this well in a way that's approachable and that works? And also like, what's in my golf bag? What do you know, very basic things and things that we know how to explain from our verbiage and what you really need to know to survive around. So we kind of were talking about things we knew and it was more of making sure everything we wanted to talk about got in this book. And it was really fun. We'd just be sitting. It was pre, it was before we had submitted like our technical package to our manufacturer. So we're in this weird in-between stage where we're a women's golf clothing company without women's golf clothing. And that was brutal. And as of June 10th, we finally have women's golf clothing launched. But for like two years, you're like, yeah, I don't really have anything but hats and business quarter zips. Like we want something and we want to help women get into golf. And what can that be? And so it, was, it felt like a, we were still moving in the right direction and making moves for our company while also providing something that we knew women needed. What's been the most popular item for sale since you've launched? Oh, that is good. We've started selling out of like certain sizes and certain colors, which is very fun to see. Um, I would say our short skirt, I honestly didn't expect to love it as much as I did. I'm obsessed with it. I wear it all the time. Our short skirt is for sure our most popular seller. And then our olive green skirt. I think that's like, you know, you get the skirt because it comes in black and navy. And that's like your staple piece. And then your fun treat yourself piece is that olive skirt. I do like the uh, the short skirt. I, I've had my eye on it. And that would really totally work well for tennis too. It's not like. Oh, yeah. And that was our go- it's like, let's golf make balls it. only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Annie makes herself laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I mean, not to go too into it or too serious, but like truly like women do it all now. Like you can't just go play 18 holes and then you're like, I'm done for the day. Like, no, you're going, you're running errands. You're knocking things off the to-do list. You're going to throw a sweater on it. Maybe have a happy hour with a mentor. You know, like you're doing stuff and you need clothing to be versatile. And that's like what we wanted to do. So not only golf, but any sport, any activity. And then, you know, you can be a sweaty mess, throw your hair in a bun, throw a sweater on and let's go grab drinks, you know? Ah, yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Do you have any mentors? I do. I feel like I've like kind of picked up a little network of some on my, on my way and journey and different phases of life and got connected through them through like the American Marketing Association I was a part of for a while. And we would do events through them. And then the people you meet on panels and you just sort of continue conversations with them. There's been a lot to help guide not only like professional growth, but also just the personal stuff. Like, how are you balancing this? What do you do? How are you, you know, there's one that I met with a long time ago. She would do biking trips through Spain and she's got two kids and she was a chief people officer of a big company in Denver. Like she's crushing the game. Like she's literally has a good group of friends, is doing her travel trips, being active, has a family and crushes her day job. Like that's where I want to be. How can we do that? So there's definitely been, been a good connection and collection of people that I've gathered for sure. I've always feel, I personally have felt that finding a mentor is, has been tricky for me in like the financial world. 
Um, do you have you, your existing mentors? Have you asked them candidly, like, will you be my mentor? Or is it more of a like, you know, assumed role? It's pretty casual. And it sometimes goes like months without even talking. And then October hits. And for some reason, October is like, mentor month in my head. I was like, I need to reconnect with the people. I'm really, you know, I still want to have conversations and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be every day. And it doesn't, I'm not reaching out to them only when I need something. Cause that's shitty too. You know, I want to get constant guidance and get the day to day and really learn something. Um, it's happened just really organically. It's like, Hey, let's go grab coffee here. Let's, can I buy you a drink here? And I think those conversations just pop up when they, when they fit, everybody's got a busy schedule. So making it work when you can, is for sure important. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say like, Hey, will you be my mentor? And I haven't really had that conversation. It's just been more of like, let me keep talking to you. You're wisdom. I really appreciate this guidance. Like I didn't have this before. And some of it happened at a startup I was at. I talked to a couple cause I was, it was a small startup. I'd never been in this kind of position before. I didn't know what it looked like. It was like, what would you advise? What should I do? And they gave me like tangible how about you do a weekly update that looks something like this? This is information somebody in this position really needs to see. And just starting to tailor your verbiage, your communication style, like that's where that really came into came into came in handy um, to be very helpful like as I continue professional growth too, of figuring out who really cares about what and prioritizing that. Sammy B, I'm just so impressed with you. Look at you. I'm inspired, honestly. I know, I know. Well, I'm inspired yes. to do my hair better. Really. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> um, I do have oh my kind God. of. I know we're we're probably wrapping up here, but what has been like your greatest learning to date since launching your business? To just do it. I think that's the feedback we get because there's so many people that just have the idea and I want to go do this one day. I'm doing that. And like, we're doing it. You're like, yeah, we're all right. We're launching it. We have, we filed the LLC. We have preogolf.com. Like there's tangible things and tangible steps, but also breaking it up in bite-sized chunks. So, cause it's so overwhelming if you think of it all at once, like Last fall, I was in school. I did pre I was planning a wedding and I'm in a new job. You know, there's so many things on your bandwidth that you're like, I'm could be panicked, but doing bite-sized chunks. But I would say just keep moving and doing little things where you can and just grinding and figuring that out. And it helps. And as I'm continuing this ramble, but Tara is for sure also very much a yes person and having that as like my inner circle of like, yep, let's go do it. And then just goes and does it. And my significant other is that way too. He'll be like, yep, I'm going to go do that. Next day does it. There's no hesitation. There's no thinking about it. Yep. Did it done. Wanted to do it. So I did it accomplished and having more of that kind of mindset has been so helpful. So yeah, just get it done. Just go do it. You mentioned that you and your business partner are pretty type a has like the fear of things not being perfect already been a challenge for you. Yeah. And then also having experience at startups, both of us have, and the phrase of good enough for now also rings outrageously true. Like good enough for now, launch it. We're making edits. We're changing it along the way. If you looked at our first few social posts, I mean, brutal. And then now it's like, damn, this looks good. Like this looks really nice. Like what a curated style. Like this is our voice. And that's been fun to see. And now it's fun to look back on it being like, God, remember when we posted that? Like that's wild. But Yeah. Well, you, you look great. The whole social looks great. If our listeners 
want to buy your clothes, want to follow you, hear about events, where can they find you? Yes, preogolf.com. Landing page will take you everywhere and get your goods while they last. Short skirt, not long. <laughs> Short skirt, not long. <laughs> oh, not long. This, not long. Oh, I meant like it's not going to last long, but that also works. I was like, sure, if you really like that short skirt, do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to sell out quick. I got you. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Long skirt, not here for a long time. How about yeah. that? We'll That's that good. Yeah. Oh, that is cute. You might want to write that down for the social. I think I'll, yeah. I'll keep that in the archives. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Sammy. It's been awesome oh, chatting with you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I love what you guys are doing.